You're listening to devpath.fm, the podcast about career development for software engineers. Join the conversation at www.devpath.fm or on Twitter at devpathfm. Hey, everybody. This is Jacob Harrington. I'm here with Cassidy Williams, who's a senior engineer. Uh, Cassidy, you want to say hi and talk about what a day in your job looks like? Hi. Uh, yes, I'm Cassidy Williams, and I'm uh, an engineer at CodePen. And uh, a lot of people know what CodePen is, but in case you don't, um, it is a front-end playground where people can uh, make an experiment uh, with front-end projects and and kind of explore the I guess, boundaries of what you can make with HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and a bunch of other libraries and stuff. And um, in terms of what a typical day looks like, um, what's really fun about my job and something that I'm still kind of new to, because I haven't been at CodePen for a very long time, is um, is a fully remote job. And so I, I work from home in my home office, and um, it's, it's awesome. Honestly, I, I really like it. I, I've worked uh, kind of all over the place at big and small companies. And CodePen is the smallest company I worked for. We're, we're eight people. Um, and yeah, I get up in the morning. Um, I get dressed, even though technically don't have to, but I, I try to establish that routine. And um, yeah, I get working by uh, eight or nine in the morning, depending on the day. And then uh, we occasionally have meetings. Most of our meeting days are Mondays and Fridays. Otherwise, otherwise it's uh, just coding. and, and uh, building things for the site and new features that'll be coming out. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great job. I really like working at home because um, it's really nice because I don't have any interruptions from anybody. Um, like occasionally my husband will work from home or, or my sister will work from home. She lives nearby um, and it, it's fun getting to chat with them and everything. But besides that, I can kind of be laser focused on my tasks and it's something that I don't know if I could have done at a previous job just because I I think the level of experience I have now is kind of necessary for being able to kind of be very self-sufficient in a remote role. But um, yeah, it's absolutely great. I'm, I'm really focused at work. And because I have the flexibility of working at home, I'm able to work from cafes or the gym or, or uh, any other co-working spaces or anything. And, and uh do grocery shopping in the middle of the day instead of at the end when everybody is doing it. And, uh, it's great. Do you have, uh, you know, any, anything specific that you think is the best part of that job? Maybe it's like that working remote or maybe it's the specific projects you get to work on. Oh man. There, there's so many things I love about CodePen. I I've been a user of CodePen for forever. And, and when I finally got the opportunity to work for them, uh, I was just so excited. The people at CodePen are all really, really good at what they do. And, and, Lots of companies can say that, but uh, the people here, I've I've learned so much from. Some of the best technical mentorship I've ever had has been at CodePen, and um, we get to work on a product that I really care about and that I use and, and really like, and um, really just that that flexibility, the fact that um, I'm able to kind of work on side projects and not not have to worry about taking time away from work or time away from the office because I get my work done. Uh, at my own pace and, and kind of as the company needs it. And uh, we have a really flexible vacation policy and, and um, it's probably the best work-life balance I've ever had. And I think that is, that is by far the best part of my job. One thing I'm curious about is kind of your start in tech. How did you get started and what kind of prompted you to get into computers? 
Sure. And this is something where, if you know me, you have heard this story many, many times. And so I'm sorry that I'm repeating it for you because it's one that I've told many times. But uh, the way I got into tech was a completely random encounter where I was walking home from school in eighth grade, 13 years old, and I heard someone say, check out my website. And I was like, wait, you can have one of those? Because I thought only companies and stuff could have websites. I didn't realize people could have them. Um, And I just power walked on my way home after that and really just started looking up how to make a website. And the resources available now, if I had had those back in the day, it would have been fantastic. But there are not many resources out there back then. And so I just started teaching myself by like reading source code. And and, uh, there were very few tutorial sites on there telling you what... uh, a paragraph tag was or what the marquee tag did um, way back then. And and yeah, as I started learning the HTML and CSS side of things, I started discovering more like web development forums. And uh, that's how I learned JavaScript. And then I kind of just kept getting deeper and deeper. And then I found out as I was getting into high school and uh, kind of exploring what I would do for the next steps um, of my life that uh, that people could get jobs doing it. And it was actually like a very good career. And I was so excited. And so that's when I uh, took AP computer science and learned Java. And that was a whole other ball game compared to the web dev that I had been doing. And um, that kind of sealed the deal that I really liked the idea of coding and, and building things from the ground up. And so I majored in computer science at Iowa State University and um, had a ball there, go Cyclones. Although sadly, we just lost in March Madness, but that's a story for another day. Um, and uh yeah, after majoring in computer science, I, I uh, interned at a bunch of different places. I had multiple on-campus jobs, uh, really just learning more about tech and doing non-tech things and, and really just um, getting involved with the computer clubs on campus and, and starting a couple of them too and uh, leading a couple of them by the end of uh, my college time. And then um, after college, I ended up uh, working at Venmo. Um, this was kind of early on at Venmo. Um, and it was it was really exciting because I got to see the PayPal buyout and Venmo get to its first million users and, and all kinds of stuff. It was, it was really great seeing Venmo get so big. And then um, from Venmo, I uh, worked at a company called Clarify, um, which is also based in New York City. And um, it's an artificial intelligence uh, image recognition startup and uh, was super early on there. My sister and I both joined and we were the uh, 17th and 18th employees at the company. Um, so it was really fun getting there from the very ground up. Um, and now they're they're doing a lot of big things. And um, after living in New York for a while, I, I decided I wanted to switch. And so I moved out to Seattle and I joined a, a company called L4 Digital, which was a, a cool creative agency. We, we worked on a lot of really interesting projects and uh, then the company was bought. And so I was I was ready to make a switch um, after uh, it was bought by a large company called Globant. And um, from there, I went to Amazon. Uh, Amazon was very big, as you can imagine. It was uh, <laughs> a lot of people. And uh, just after kind of being at Amazon for a little while and, and not really liking the idea of the politics and the kind of very strict work environment and stuff, I ended up... Um, reaching out to CodePen because I had interviewed with CodePen in the past and, and opted for Amazon and uh, realized that that was not what I wanted to do. And luckily, CodePen welcomed me back with open arms and and I, I talked with the team and, and got a new offer. And yeah, I, I joined CodePen this past August, which was really exciting and, and 
it's it's been great. It's it's been the job that I've been looking for and and a job I want to stick with for a while. I think it feels like you probably worked at a lot of places that were pretty different from one another. Uh, just going through yeah. like small companies and then ending up at a company the size of Amazon, being able to juxtapose those with your own experiences, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I I do think that. There are definitely a lot of people saying like, oh, you shouldn't jump around. It doesn't look good on your resume, et cetera. But I think jumping around myself has been so good for my just figuring out what I like and what I don't like. And the fact that I'm able to work at a place now that fits and just checks all the boxes for me is, is it's really huge and key. And it's something that um, I don't plan on hopping around even more again after this, just because it, it it is what I've been looking for. And I think that there's definitely a lot of value in hopping around so you can find what you're looking for. Cause if you're happy at work, then you do better work and, and yeah, it, it's been great so far. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, experiencing work at a bunch of different places, learning more about different kinds of company cultures. So I want to ask a, a question about your backstory. So you mentioned that you got started at a very young age, or at least how did that affect kind of your learning process? And do you think that changed your early career? Do you think maybe you were more secure or maybe you knew more than your peers when you first started? So again, I discovered tech and everything incredibly randomly. I had no idea that anybody could do this. I knew nobody else besides that one neighbor of mine who had made websites before. And, and so it was kind of great because I was exploring so much and experimenting so much that I had nothing to compare myself with. Whenever I saw something cool, I was like, oh, I could learn that. And I just kind of uh, went for it. I didn't actually realize, for example, that there weren't a lot of women in tech until I took AP Computer Science my junior year of high school. So multiple years later. And uh, the reason why I realized that uh, there were not many women in tech is because I was the only person or the only woman in that AP computer science class. And mm -hmm. my teacher introduced the class saying, hey, everyone, you might notice that we have a girl this year. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was probably that was probably my first experience of like, oh, dang, this is this is something that uh, I don't fit the mold in. And it, and it was it was kind of a surprise to me, but I didn't really let that uh, stop me from anything. I definitely had plenty of questions throughout school and and even to this day of people who are kind of just like, why why are you in this industry? This doesn't really <laughs> seem like and then uh people who just assume that I'm not an engineer right off the bat uh when I say I work at a tech company even just because I don't look like a typical engineer. But um luckily that hasn't uh stopped me <laughs> and uh I I know that uh, it can stop some people and, and it's been tempting to drop out of the industry at times when uh, life gets discouraging. Um, but, you know, it's so far so good. It's It's been great so far. And, and I love tech so much that I have no plans on leaving anytime soon. So you sound really confident, but at any point in your career, have you struggled with like the idea of imposter syndrome or just generally feeling like this isn't what you want to do? Yeah. And maybe not is this something I want to do? Because I kind of have always really wanted to do it um, since discovering it. But definitely questioning my ability to do things uh, has happened often. And I've I've been reading a lot about imposter syndrome and stuff. And one thing that I read recently was that it's not so much imposter syndrome as it is imposter experiences, where 
you might have an instance where all of a sudden you totally question what you uh what you know, what you are capable of because you can't figure out that one thing or or because you were promoted for something that you don't necessarily think you deserve. And and I've had plenty of those experiences that uh, have been difficult to deal with because I'll get nervous and, and you know, every time you apply for a job and, and you don't get it, you start to say, oh no, did I not deserve it? Do I not deserve any jobs? And um, every single time I uh, make some kind of technical joke tweet or something uh and people start questioning my ability to do something i start thinking oh no they're going to find out that i only know a high level uh, amount of about this technology or something like that <laughs> um but yeah i i think i think that's very common in the industry that being said because it's so common um it shouldn't be a deterrent for anyone uh whether they should stay or go or 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 anything it shouldn't be a decision maker because it's so common. It's just something where you have to realize you're not alone. People all over the world uh, experience some level of imposter syndrome and imposter experiences where uh, they start to question if they have the ability to do what people think that they do. And um, yeah, it's, it's common enough where you can have comfort in the fact that you are not alone. You can ask for help and, and you can reach out to communities who uh, have very similar experiences to you and can help you. And, um, yeah, I, I, now that I'm currently in a good place, who knows where I'll be in 10 minutes, but, uh, now that I'm, uh, currently in a good place, I can very confidently say, yeah, I've had it, but it's no big deal. And of course, uh, there will be times where I'll be like, oh, this is hard. Why am I even in this industry? Oh, this is the worst. But, uh, everyone goes through those kinds of waves and, um, yeah, like I said, it's important to not let that be the thing that uh, keeps you in and out of an industry. Do you have a like a strategy that you've used to overcome that, or is it just something that kind of like has been seasons and they've come and gone on their own? That is a good question. Uh, I don't have a strategy, but I should. I think my my general strategy is just getting really stressed out about something. There there have been so many times, even even in my job at CodePen in the past few months where I'll be given a task or I'll start a project and, and I'll just be looking at it thinking, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. I understand nothing. And everyone expects me to understand everything. What am I going to do? And and I totally freak out, totally stress out. Um, I might get a canker sore. I might uh, start grinding my teeth or something. And, and that's when I know I have to just kind of step back take a nap, do, do something that, uh, kind of de-stresses. Cause, um, yeah, it, thinking that way is, is common. Yes, but it's not necessarily the most healthy thing because, uh, it, it manifests itself in, in different ways and different people. And unfortunately for myself, it's just really specific, um, physical stress. Like I'll, I'll have very, very stressful dreams or, or, uh, Again, I mentioned the canker sores or, or uh, grinding my teeth or I'll sometimes get like bumps on my hands. It's don't mean to, I don't mean to get so gruesome on <laughs> your lovely podcast, but it's it's something that happens. And um, yeah, for for dealing with it, I, I really just have to step back and do something that doesn't stress me out, whether it be drawing, just watching Netflix, playing Fortnite. Uh, playing board games with my sister and my husband, so just something like that. And that's that's really the only way because when I'm given a task at work or or on a side projects and stuff, 
I have to keep telling myself, this project will get done. Whether I ask for help, whether I do it myself, whatever, this project will get done. I won't be the death of this project. And this project won't be the death of me. So just, I think, I think a lot of those feelings come from putting too much weight on, on the importance of something, um, on the importance of a task, on the importance of a skill and and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, I don't mean to get so philosophical, but, uh, I think that, that, I think that it's true. And by kind of telling yourself, like, not necessarily, no, this task isn't important. Just tell yourself it's not important and you'll be fine. But really just kind of reflecting on what is actually necessary to get the task done, what is necessary to kind of get a sanity check and, and uh, not stress out too much about a certain task and, and kind of breaking it down into smaller steps to just get the task done, I, I think is key. And um, I don't mean to ramble so much either, but uh, it's <laughs> it's... It's one of those things where I, I have gotten both better and worse at dealing with uh, stressful things and imposter syndrome experiences um, over time. Yeah, I think uh, that's all really good advice. I once had uh, a pretty senior peer tell me that uh, software developers have a really bad habit of identifying closely with their work. So if mm-hmm. someone insults your work, it feels like they insulted you and you get wrapped up in it, it becomes part of your identity. So one trick to kind of deal with that, and you mentioned this, I think, is having other interests that don't define your identity so much. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, playing video games or, you know, being an athlete or whatever it is, something that you care a little less about. Um, and makes you helps you to kind of step away from uh this career that for most of us defines a lot of who we are totally and yeah that that is a really good way to put it because it's it's something that you made that came from your brain like it's 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 a very creative specific industry that is it's similar to art almost where uh yeah this thing that you wrote this thing that you put together it it came from your head. And so if someone says it's bad or if something doesn't work or it doesn't work the way it should work and, and your understanding is, is a little off, uh, it's, it's mind bending. It's, it's, it's very frustrating and, and it's easy to get angry. It's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to question yourself. And uh, yeah, having those interests. One, one thing that I do is um, I play music a lot. I, I'm, I'm in a band here in Seattle and, and I build mechanical keyboards. And I mentioned to you, I play video games. I I try to do a bunch of things outside of work, not only to kind of just make myself more well-rounded and, and, and enjoy myself more outside of work, but also, um, it's a good reminder that work is just a part of your life. Work isn't your life and, uh, continuing to tell yourself that and, and not putting so much gravity on a concept that you might not fully understand is I think really important. So Cassidy, I kind of want to ask if you recall your first experience like mentoring or leading other developers and and what was that like? Oh man, Um, that's a good question. So in terms of mentoring other developers, um, I kind of have tried to do that since very, very early on, all the way back in like high school and college. Um, That's something that I always thought was important. And it's something that a mentor of mine once said, she always said, uh, lift as you climb, as you 
move on to your next role or your next task or your next thing. There's people who are kind of behind you who are also trying to get to the point where you are and uh, you should help them as you go. And then the people ahead of you will try to help you get to where they are. And and, uh, it's this whole pay it forward type of concept. And um, so that's something that I've been doing uh, for a long time. Um, When I was in college, I would try to help freshmen who didn't have any coding experience. And uh, when I was becoming more of an upperclassman, I would start mentorship groups so that way people could ask questions about how certain classes would go and and, uh, what sort of things should they be practicing. And then um, when I was at Venmo, um, I really wanted to get into more professional mentoring and management, but it was my first year out of school. And so it was the kind of thing where they're just like, well, we can't give you a team because you are not at that level yet, but we can (laughs) give you an intern. Um, and so I, I had a great intern, Terry, and she's uh, over at Google Ventures now. And um, she was awesome. And it was so much fun uh, mentoring and managing her and, and helping her get to her next steps in her career. And then um, when I went to Clarify, I was given a little more responsibility where um, my sister and I were a team and I was uh, managing that team. And we got an intern and we got to hire another full-time person, which was exciting. And then by the time that I got to L4 Digital, um, I had the small management experience under my belt, but it was enough where they uh, gave me a full team of six developers, uh, which was really exciting. And, and yeah, it's, it's just kind of grown more and more uh, since then. And, and I absolutely love it, both uh, managing people in work and mentoring people outside of work. I, I think it's really fun to see people kind of have that aha moment where something clicks and um, they could just they just get really excited about something that they've built or something that they now understand. And they just want to talk about it. They just want to share it. They just want to keep building with it. And um, I, I absolutely love it. It's so rewarding. One thing that I do outside of work now is I, I sometimes go to community centers in Seattle and, and just teach really basic web development classes to people who haven't touched code before. And it's so fun seeing them when they realize, oh, wait, I can turn the text red uh, and and I can make it bigger and I can add a picture and stuff as, as they build their first websites and, and everything. And um, I absolutely love doing that. And I think that mentoring people and managing people is such a rewarding experience. And it's a really fun way to give back while still kind of improving yourself because you, you learn better while teaching, I think. Um, that yeah, that's that's kind of how I got started, and that's that's where I'm at now. And um, because we're so small at CodePen, um, I don't manage anybody just because we we're all kind of just a small team that gets stuff done. But it's great because I get the mentorship that I ask for, um, and if I ever need help or want to pair with someone, um, they're always open to it, and I, I learn something from my teammates all the time, and. Uh, on occasion, I get to teach them something too. And and it's a really great give and take. And um, yeah, I, I think that mentorship is such a key part of building your own technical community, um, both in and outside of work. And um, it's a really key part of keeping you invested in this industry too. And, and it makes the industry better as a whole. So can you think of a specific characteristic that you have that makes you good at that or something maybe an experience that helped you really learn how to mentor other people? Oh, that's a good question. The only experience I can really think of is, I guess, babysitting. Um, that's something that I've been doing since 
since I was a baby, not to sound like Dwight Schrute or anything, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I'm the firstborn of two firstborns. And so I, I have been babysitting, uh, my sister and my cousins for as long as I can possibly remember. And the neighbor kids eventually, and people outside of the neighborhood, I I've been kind of, I've been looking after people my whole life and it kind of turned into less like actually caring for the well-being of a human and, and more uh, teaching them uh, something over time. But I think just by having those experiences early on, it, it's something that kind of comes naturally to me. It's something that uh, I, I feel like someday when I'm not in the industry anymore, maybe I will do some kind of teaching. I, I, I love teaching and, and helping people in general. And um, yeah, that's, that's something that I feel like is just kind of built in to who I am uh, as kind of cheesy as that sounds. Um, I, I really just like it. And uh, if I can do something that will help someone learn better, I will almost always do it. Um, of course, sometimes I say yes a little bit too much, but it's, it's something that, that I think is just really important to do. And it's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, yeah, it's, I, I don't think I can identify a particular characteristic of myself that makes me, uh, good at it, except for maybe that I talk a little bit too much and yet I'm very specific about what I say. Is there any piece of general advice that you find yourself giving other developers frequently? Hmm. Don't forget your semicolons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let me think. I, I think that that piece of advice that I mentioned before lift as you climb, that's probably the one that I give the most. Um, because a lot of people, they kind of just go at it on their own. They're just like, what do I have to do to become a senior developer? Give me the five easy steps. And um, there's no such thing as the five easy steps to become a senior developer. I think I think there's a lot of holistic knowledge that comes from being very strong technically, being a good communicator, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I think that building that community and, and giving back to the community is probably the best thing that you can do because not only does it helps people around you, but it builds a network. And uh, your personal network that you have can help you um, find a new job. It can help you figure out a new concept. It can uh, introduce you to all kinds of different people. And as your network grows and your relationships grow, um, it really just can change your career for you. There are so many aspects of my career where doors opened uh, for whether it be an interview or a hackathon, some kind of experience, because I happened to follow up and network with someone uh, at a meetup, or uh, I emailed someone after some kind of hackathon or event or or conference. Um, And yeah, I think think giving back to the community and uh, really just building your network is, is such a key part of being a successful person in this industry. And I know that that is hard for a lot of people. Um, I myself am a pretty introverted person. I I do not get a lot of energy from going to a lot of meetups and stuff, but um, I know it's good for me. And I know that it's uh, good for other people to hear a tech talk I might be giving that will uh, help them learn something. And uh, it's it's good to, you know, get coffee with uh, the newest developer on the team that uh, isn't sure what they want to do next and isn't sure what next steps uh, can happen in their career. I, I, I think being really um, focused on that people aspect is so important because the technical stuff comes over time. Like 
knowing how to code, knowing how to write certain functions a certain way, keeping your code clean, using linters, yada, yada, that that all comes with the job that comes from working on your projects, working both in and outside of work, from reading blogs, from from doing that sort of thing. But the people aspect, that's something that is, I think, less intuitive to a lot of engineers, but it's it's so important for career growth in the long run. So as someone who, you know, is a self a self-described introvert, how do you work on that people side of being a software engineer? Oh man. Well, fake Cassidy is a real person and she's she's the person who who goes to the meetups and then uh real Cassidy sheds that when she gets home. So <laughs> but when I when I go to meetups, I kind of just I, I'm kind of on a mission to just talk to people figure out where people work. Uh, I, I might establish goals saying, okay, I want to talk to five people and I want to talk to someone who works at a games company because I want to figure out more about that. Or I want to talk to these sorts of people and figure out who in the room uses GraphQL because I have some questions about that. Um, or I want to find out who might have connections to X, Y, or Z. I don't know. I, I tend to try to have those sorts of goals in mind, um, knowing that I might not necessarily hit them, but that kind of helps me strategize on who I'm going to be talking to in the room. And um, I just kind of am a chatterbox when I go around the room and I kind of keep it to small talk and uh, specific to what I'm trying to find out. And then um, if I get tired of a conversation, I move on to the next one. And uh, I I really think that it's good to just stick it out as much as it, it might suck for someone who is shy or, or who is... Uh, not at their best at these events. It's so important to at least try to put the effort in um, because people notice that. And and it's it's good for you to build up those skills so that way you can bring your improved communication skills to work, but also, again, to build your network. And um, you can always rest later. I, I always, uh, after a meetup, I'll just go home, I'll turn on Netflix, get under a blanket, and I'm silent for the rest of the night. I just, I, I do get a lot of energy from, again, working from home and, and uh, kind of being around smaller groups of people. But uh, I do the work that's necessary to kind of build the network and, and see what's out there. Because you you learn most, I think, when you're outside of your comfort zone. And uh, even though it's outside of my comfort zone to go to these meetups all the time and, and uh, chat with a bunch of people that I don't necessarily know, and I don't know if I'll keep talking to after that, uh, you never know who you'll meet. And for example, uh, my closest mentor, Kelly Hoey, um, I met her because she happened to be at a hackathon that I was at and she was just walking around and I think she was a judge at the hackathon. And then I got her business card and I followed up with her later. And then um, that was six years ago now. And, and uh, she has been a close friend and mentor of mine ever since. And it just was because I followed up from a business card that she gave me. And it turns out we ended up going on a bunch of huge events together. We spoke at the United Nations together. We've, we've traveled across the country together and she has helped me get into specific conferences, events, uh, and, and different things. And, and I've helped her by helping promote her book. I've, I've spoken at events for her. I've, I've judged hackathons for her. I, I, it's a, it's a relationship. Uh, I think getting mentors and, and building your community is not necessarily all take, take, take. It's also giving back to, and, um, being able to do that, um, and, and w- being willing to put yourself out there for opportunities like that is so huge. 
and and really important for for growing as a developer. It's important, I think, for people who listen to this kind of podcast to understand that the people I interview uh, are humans and uh, they're not special necessarily. They've they've done really well for themselves usually, or they've done something really cool with their career, but mm. they have normal human struggles. So, uh, just to to validate that. Uh, do you mind sharing something that you consider yourself to be bad at? Oh, so many things. Laundry. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, in ter- in terms of in terms of things that I'm bad at uh, professionally, I'm very bad at asking questions. I have to I have to really get better at putting my pride aside and just asking questions. Um, there have been so many times where I just want to figure something out, and it takes me so long because I'm not willing to just ask the question, whether it be to a teammate, stack overflow at an event to, to friends, anything like that. I, I struggle with being stubborn about my gosh, darn pride. And, uh, that, that is definitely my, that is my weakness. And, and I'm, I'm working on improving it. I have asked two stack overflow questions in the past few days. And so I'm, uh, I'm definitely trying to get better, but that's something that I definitely struggle with. And, and, um, I don't want to show that I don't know something, but uh, it is true. I do not know everything. And uh, yeah, that's that's something that I'm working on because I think being able to ask questions is something where you can just get your answer and then move forward. But if you keep struggling and struggling and not asking the questions, you just end up having a bad time and you might not get to the answer on your own. And it can be very frustrating. And, um, yeah, so that's, that is probably what I am the worst at. I am really bad at asking questions. Uh, you mentioned you're trying to deal with that now, but do you have any specific things that you do or ways you remind yourself to ask questions? I complain about my problems to my husband and he said, have you asked anyone about it? (laughs) It's, (laughs) It's, uh, it's really nice having a human that you can rant to that knows your flaws. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that honestly, it's it's just a matter of doing it. I I don't really have any good wise words for uh, something that I'm doing to try to improve that, except uh, I'm just trying to be more humble, and and sometimes it means uh, getting a kick in the butt from my husband or my sister or a friend of mine who's just like, why haven't you asked someone? Why haven't you asked me? Etc. Yeah, that's very hard to do. I think, especially when you're. Uh, profession is uh, in kind of a literal way just to know things. Um, it's hard right. to admit that you don't sometimes. Yeah. Like my job is being a professional thinker. And sometimes if, <laughs> if I can't think of the solution, it, it again, it's an imposter syndrome uh, thing. And, and you're just like, no, I should know this. Um, when really I could just ask for help and move on. I Something that I have learned a lot over the past few years is the best developers in the room and the most senior developers in the room are often the ones that ask questions immediately. And they're the ones where they're just like, I don't know what this means. Can you please clarify it? And they are not embarrassed to do that. They just ask the question and they're the ones that get the solution and are able to move on with their lives, having knowing something now that they know something uh, that they just asked about. And, um, yeah, I'm, I am trying to get to that point because, yeah, it's exactly like you said. Our job is to think professionally, um, but sometimes uh, you have to ask something so that way you can think better. So before we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity to share uh, anything you're working on or 
just a website or something. If someone wants to learn more about you, where should they go? Yeah. So if you look up Cassidy Williams, there's myself and a Scooby-Doo character, and I am not the Scooby-Doo character. So that's how you can find me. <laughs> um, I am most active on Twitter, um, and my handle is at uh, Cassidoo, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O. And uh, Cassidy is my username for pretty much everything. You can find uh, my GitHub, my CodePen, my LinkedIn. Um, my personal website is Cassidoo.co. Um, I really need to update that, actually. But anyway, uh, if you look up my name or Cassidy, you uh, you will find me. And um, please feel free to ask me questions about anything. I am I am happy to help. My latest endeavors have been just playing with my new laser cutter and uh, building some custom keyboards. But yeah, that's that's me. Cool. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and uh, your advice, Cassidy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to devpath.fm. Want to ask a question? Send an email to jacob at devpath.fm.